Hey there, my name is Lexi and thank you so much for joining me today for this Lex chat. This week we're going to be talking about how to record your song so you can make it sound even better in the mix. So basically how to record the science of recording, why you should record it right the first time before relying on anything in the mix so that you can get the best possible mix and master when those processes come. So if that sounds like a topic you'd be interested in hearing more about, stay tuned. Announcements before we get started with our program today. If you are watching this live, then you will see this. <laughs> but if you're catching this on the playback, which is released on Monday through Spotify Podcast, Apple Podcasts, or through YouTube, and it's already too late, but I have a fashion show this Saturday coming up, this Saturday in Atlanta, Georgia. It's called Passport to Luxury. I will be one of the models walking in the show. If you would like to catch me there, links to the tickets and information to the tickets are in my bio, or you can visit my website at LexiATL.com. The show is called Passport to Luxury, and it's going to be from three to five in Atlanta, Georgia. Of course, I have a very early call time because I'm one of the models, but it's called Passport to Luxury. For those of you who are watching, you can see the flyer that I'm putting up right now. Saturday, April 30th, 3 to 5 p.m. at the Bakery Cowork, which is 1500 Southland Circle, Northwest Suite H in Atlanta, Georgia, 30318. All right. If you're watching this live, you can get the ticket information. It's this Saturday. If you're listening to this on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it's already too late. But fret not, because I also have a show Coming up in Savannah, Georgia on Saturday, May 7th. In Savannah, Georgia, Saturday, May 7th. That's going to be at 4310 Montgomery Street in Savannah, Georgia at a venue called The Underground. So if you are going to be in Savannah, Georgia or you are going to be traveling to Savannah to see the show, that would be amazing. For that one, you can just buy entry at the door. Entry is only $10. It'll be myself and a bunch of other talented artists there to perform that night. And that's where I, well, I didn't graduate from Savannah. I graduated from Richmond Hill, which is about 20 minutes outside of Savannah. So that's a fun little fact if y'all didn't know that. Um, so yeah, that's Saturday, May 7th in Savannah, Georgia, 4310 Montgomery Street, Savannah, Georgia, 31401. No ticket purchase necessary. It's just an admission at the door. And then lastly, I don't have a flyer for this one, but I have a show on May 19th. That is a Thursday night, May 19th in Atlanta, Georgia at Believe Music Hall 181 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. And I will be having a 15 minute set there. So, hey, and I'm going to be having merchandise. Well, I hope my other merchandise comes in by then, but I got the posters on deck, you'll get them signed on deck. Like, it's gonna be a giveaway. I'm very excited about it. So that is May 19th, which is a Thursday in Atlanta, Georgia at Believe Music Hall, 181 Ralph David Abernathy in Atlanta, Georgia. 
Tickets and information for that show are at the link in my bio, or you can go to www.lexiatl.com for the tickets and the information on that show. Please, please, please buy those tickets. That show is very important. And it's at a very nice venue. Believe Music Hall is like a church turned uh, club. <laughs> Where else in Atlanta, right? Where else but in Atlanta, I should say. So yeah, I'm really excited about that one. So definitely go check out the link in my bio or go to LexiATL.com so you can get the ticket information and make sure when you're going to get the ticket, you put that you're coming to see Lexi. That's very, very, very important for me, okay? So uh, those are announcements as far as the shows that I have coming up. So this Saturday, if you're watching live fashion show, this Saturday, April 30th, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast platforms of Spotify, Apple, sorry, too late for that one, but there's May 7th in Savannah, May 19th in Atlanta, Georgia. All right. Um, other announcements that I have, and this is all part of the Lex check as well. I finally got my posters in. If some of you caught me live, maybe like, Three, four days ago, sometime this weekend, we got, I asked for y'all's opinions on which pictures you wanted to see posters for. And oh my God, here's one of them. I'm so excited. Here's one of them. I finally got the posters in. I got two really sexy ones and then two like artist, artsy type. So really excited. These are gonna be up on the website very soon at LexiATL.com. Um, but they will be available for purchase at the shows as well. Not at the fashion show, but at the shows that I'll be performing my music at, they will be available. So I'm very excited. These are the posters that everybody said they wanted or would pay for. My goodness. Is it putting a filter on me? It kind of is. That's really cool. But my face card does not decline, honey. And where is that other option? Here it is. One, two. So I got two sexy options and two like regular artist options. Here is the favorite though. <laughs> So very excited about that. These are gonna be available for $10 plus shipping if you buy online. Um, they are $10 flat when you come to the shows. And when you come to the show, you will get them signed. They will be signed when you come to the show. I think I'm gonna make it so that you have to, you'll only get it signed if you come to the show. I'm not exactly sure how I wanna work that yet, but I think, I think that's how I wanna play that. Because I want people who come out to the live shows, I want them to have incentive to come out, right? And that's something that's like special when you come out to the live show. So if y'all checked me out a few days ago when I was asking for um, input and opinions, let me know about your opinion on that as well. Um, would you prefer that exclusivity of having it signed? Actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I would rather for any patrons who buy this to get it signed 
and people who come to the live shows will get it signed. But if you're not a patron and you don't and you don't come to the live shows, you can just get the poster online. But like I said, those are going to be $10 plus shipping and handling if you're ordering from online. $10 flat if you're ordering from me in person or meeting me somewhere to buy them in Atlanta. Okay, so very excited about that. Also, I have hats coming. They're going to say hashtag winner. Those are going to be 15 or 20 bucks. I haven't decided yet. I guess that will also depend on shipping and handling, but... Hashtag winner so far is going to be a sun visor in all black and the white font hashtag winner I'm Really excited about that. And then I have winner keeper wristbands Hashtag winner hashtag keeper wristbands coming in. So they're gonna be kind of like this um, But it's gonna say hashtag winner and then hashtag keeper. What's up Nat? How you doing? So uh, it's gonna say hashtag winner hashtag keeper for the wristbands and then it's gonna have hashtag winner hats coming in. The wristbands are gonna be $2. The hats are gonna be 15 or 20 bucks. Um, let me know if this pricing is sounding reasonable to y'all as well, but I'm very excited because I got my taxes done, right? And I'm finally able to afford to buy some merchandise. I tried the t-shirt thing years ago, but when it comes to t-shirts, I don't wanna just sell y'all something that says Lexi on the front. I want it to be something that is, you know, like hashtag winner. That's something affirmative. Or if I find positive lyrics from my from my songs and I want to put that on a t-shirt versus just, oh, let me walk around with this shirt that says Lexi on it. That's great. But I want y'all to have something that is like a, a conversation piece or, you know, something that's very specific. The official J-Roll says be safe in ATL. My uncle just got killed up there. Dang, I'm sorry about that. I'm really sorry about that. Um, how so? If you don't mind me asking, like, was it a violent thing? Was it traffic? Let's see. It, um, in general, is crazy out here in Atlanta. I don't go anywhere without weaponry on me of some sort. And at the house, I got weapons all over. So, I don't wish a nigga would, but if a nigga do, try it. He gonna find out he got the right one. Okay. Um, nice to be underscore NT says, hey lady, I will be getting some Lexi merch, some sexy Lexi merch. Hey, yes sir, yes sir. Um, I'm very excited about that. I will let you know. I'm in the process of putting it up on the website right now. Um, I don't know if I should do pre-orders. He was a security guard on the news. Oh my gosh. Was that like a few weeks back? Like maybe, I'm not sure if it was at Linux, but um, I did hear about that on the news. An older security guard killed by, was it like teens or something? But yes, this is to show some love to Nat. We got this sexy Lexi poster here. And I was thinking about it today. This might actually be the cover art for a song. If I could get the damn producer to respond, I'ma call him out, Stash Box Beats. This rap song I did, sing rap song I did, called Rainy Day. This rain room photo shoot would be perfect. So, not this one, cause my nipples are showing here. That's what I didn't do before I came home. I was supposed to get a Sharpie 
so I could take with me to the show so I could sign posters. But yeah, damn, official J. Rose, I'm really sorry to hear about that. Atlanta is just some knuckleheads and some assholes rolling around here. I don't know. I know the world seemed like it's getting crazy. I've heard stories about it being crazy in LA. And, and I don't know, people are just going crazy. People are just going crazy these days. Um. So, okay, I showed y'all the posters that I have, right? So we got posters. We got, um, y'all saw the posters. We got the hats, hashtag winner on the way. We got the wristbands, hashtag keeper, hashtag winner, and then at Lexi ATL is gonna be on the inside, but that's a little detail. Um, oh, I have activewear coming in for ladies right now. I don't have activewear for men just yet because I don't know what men would buy from me, but even though most of my following is men, most of my followers are men, um, I have activewear for from Lexi Fitness coming in. So leggings, workout sets, and waist trainers. And then um, I'm gonna be starting my, it's either gonna be bi-weekly or monthly workouts. I haven't quite decided yet, but um, I've been certified for a couple months now. I just got these in the mail though for, these are my certificates, for certified nutritionist and certified fitness coach. So now that it's like paperwork and certificate official, I'm gonna be starting these either bi-weekly, so every other week or once a month out here in Atlanta. If you are out here, then join me in the group workout sessions. Okay, I think I'm gonna buy some mats as well and make those for sale for anybody who wants to do them. So it's gonna be, like I wrote out the first workout, it's gonna be full body. We're also gonna focus on cardio and um, arms, core, legs, and focus on breathing while we're doing it because as an artist, as the full package, as an entertainer, it is like working out. It's, it's a kind of athleticism being on stage, running around, dancing, engaging with the crowd, and singing at the same time while maintaining breath control and all that good stuff. So every other week or once a month in Atlanta, Georgia, we'll do things like go up Stone Mountain, go up Kennesaw Mountain, or meet up at Piedmont Park or meet up on the Beltline and do group workouts. And everything's gonna be body weight unless you choose to bring like compression um, clothing or BFR bands, uh, blood flow restriction bands or uh, ankle weights, vests, things like that. Um, and then yeah, after we do the workout, we'll do a stretching session. If anybody wants to do in-depth stretching, we'll do that every other week or once a month. So I haven't gotten the uh, merchandise for the leggings and workout sets yet, but those will be coming in hopefully a lot sooner. These posters, I wasn't expecting to get them in until the first week of May. And they came in like three, four days. No, it's only been like three days. Three or four days since I ordered. It's so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, went, yeah. Not even a week and these posters are already here. So I'm extremely excited about that. $10 plus shipping and handling for the posters. Um, let me be careful how I put my legs on this because I don't know what y'all gonna see. But yeah, really excited about that. Um, so I showed y'all my certificates. We talked about the fashion show on the 30th. 
There is a show in Savannah on May 7th, which is a Saturday. The show in Atlanta on May 19th, which is a Thursday. We talked about our posters and our merchandise. The winner hats, hashtag winner, hashtag keeper wristbands, activewear for ladies from Lexi Fitness with leggings, workout sets, and waist trainers. Uh, the bi-weekly or monthly workouts with a focus on artist development. Showed y'all my certificates. <laughs> Cause your girl is certified, okay? We ain't playing out here. Um, and in other Lex check news, my teeth really hurt. Why? Because I put in the new tray for my Invisaligns from Bite. Um, I was supposed to, so Thursday is when I'm supposed to start wearing the new set for each week. So each week I have to change out the, I call them trays, but they're Invisaligns. And it's like the next level of uh, adjustment. So what I'm supposed to do is put it on Wednesday night and then sleep in the new retainers. So then like the pain will not be as bad for the upcoming day. But I put these on earlier today and uh, they are really tight and they are giving me a headache. Let me cross my legs, be a lady girl. But yeah, they are really tight and they are giving me a headache. I had to come home. Maybe that's why I had such a headache when I was mixing today. And that's actually today's inspiration. I was mixing and just getting kind of frustrated and thinking about like maybe this should have just been recorded better, right? But yeah, these, ah, you see that? If you're listening, you don't see any of this, but I think I have, this is week seven. I have 13 weeks total, but I have nine weeks for my top teeth and I have 13 weeks for my bottom teeth. I'm on week seven right now. Um, right now, like it feels like my, the teeth that are closer to the back of my mouth, those are the ones that are really getting straight right now. I can really, really, really feel those. So yeah, I just had to let y'all know that my mouth hurts because Ow. I changed those and I'm supposed to be doing like a hyper bite thing which is uh it's a vibrating thing that I bite down on and it helps the teeth to shift um, quicker and it helps speed up the straightening process so the teeth hurt less and take less time I hadn't done that the past three four days uh, honestly the past four or five days it's been like a week so yeah I need to get back into doing that every day um, and yeah Couple other things going on with Lexi. Trying to figure out how I'm going to invest my tax return. I am very fortunate this year that I got a little bit of a tax refund. Or, or, oh my God. I'm fortunate this year because I got a tax refund, quote unquote, tax refund. Um, I really just didn't have to pay any money this year. And because I am independent, I am uh, self-employed, I save, like I keep, um, funds a percentage of my money in a savings account and that's labeled taxes for year so-and-so um so i'm thankful for that i didn't have to pay any of that money back so that becomes like my tax refund and i've just been trying to decide like what to do with that money i was really hoping i was going to get a tax deduction for having bought a house <laughs> last year but um i did not get any money back for being in a house and that really upsets me 
because I was hoping for an extra five, ten thousand dollars honestly. That would have helped a lot. But I got a decent amount. I've gotten back more than I ever have in the past. And filing my taxes actually wasn't that bad. I did it through TurboTax again online. Um, about $300, which is still cheaper than if I would have gone into an H&R block. And I was able to do it from my home instead of having to drive out somewhere. Um, they connected me. I did a video chat with one of the tax experts. So that was another thing. And I was really worried because last year it was the first time I was self-employed, like for majority of the year, not considered an employee under anybody. But the taxes really weren't that bad because I'm not a big company just yet. Um, I don't have to worry about certain things that I thought I would have to worry about. So I'm very thankful for that. A lot of the things it's more so considered like a, a draw from my business accounts versus my business paying me. But I've been paying myself as if I'm an employee of my own company and that's how I'm gonna keep it so I can show steady income monthly, regardless of if I have a super surplusy month or a deficit month, you know? Anywho, so I'm, I've just been trying to decide what to do with the tax refund. Um, one of the things that I decided to do was to get merchandise as an artist, which I'm really excited about. Like I said, I got posters, I got hats, I got wristbands, I got um, fitness wear. So, and I, I was looking for a way to maybe invest it so I could figure out how to make money from it. But um, I think the merchandise is a good start. If I do it right, I can make, on the posters alone, I can make a profit a good profit of three, four, five hundred dollars, depending on how much I decide to sell them for. And if I sell all of them, then that's a good amount of money. Like, and then the wristbands help, the the hats help. So I'll be like a little clothing store, which I'm really excited about. But I really wanted to get into Toro, and I considered buying a new car with that tax refund money. But I've decided that it's probably going to be more of a headache because decent cars are going to cost at least $10,000 because the Lexus that I have right now is 10,000 used um, with the right amount of miles, no mechanical issues. You know what I'm saying? So but if I got Turo, I would have to take on another car payment, which I don't want to do. Um, I would have to take on another insurance payment, which I don't want to do. And I don't know how it would be like, I gotta get the kill switch in, installed and I would have to pay for a monthly security thing with the kill switch company um, to track it, kill switch and GPS tracker. Uh, and then I don't know, it's just really scary. That's what it boils down to. I'm scared. That's what it boils down to. I still want to try something like Toro cause I think getting into Airbnb is too much for me right now as well. But um, yeah. A little upset about that, but I think the merchandise that goes well, then that will help me to feel better about not jumping into Toro just yet. And I'm still going to keep Toro as an op an option. Um, and maybe I should try putting my personal car on there first, just to see how it goes, to see if it's something I even want to get into. It's just really scary trusting other people with my property, <laughs> even though property is replaceable and people are not. It's just it's still really scary. Um, but the other thing that I might want to do is pay down some credit card debt and then throw that money into savings so I can give myself a mental break from always worrying about not having enough money because I do have a fear of not having enough money. And yeah, so 
or I might take some of that money and go on vacation somewhere because Lord knows I have not been on vacation anywhere and I need to, I want to enjoy my life a little bit. I haven't gone on a vacation as an adult and I think that's kind of sad because I'm 28 years old, but I have not gone on a vacation by myself yet. That might be something nice to treat myself to. So I might, I need to think about that a little bit harder. Yeah, especially before this war gets bad. It's looking like it's getting bad. I just don't want the US to get involved, but they're cutting off oil ties to other countries. Who knows? Gas is already higher than it's supposed to be. I paid 3.87 a gallon in Latonia last night. I was very happy about that. Cause when I got back onto my side of town, it's 4.29 a gallon right now. But anyway, yeah. Last thing on Lex Check, my cat is maturing. She's feeling hot, you know. I'm not happy about that. She's been wanting to go outside and I just, she's not neutered right now. I cannot just let her roam about the streets. I know she's gonna come back pregnant and she's been acting real fast in the house. She's been yelling at the door like she's calling other cats to come over. It's just, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for it. It's so obvious that she's matured and uh, I'm not ready for it. But that's it for the Lex check. Uh, that was kind of a lengthy Lex check. A lot of announcements that I had to make as far as the shows coming up and the different merchandise that I am about to make available. And I do hope that y'all support me um, because it's not just something that says Lexi on it, you know? Uh, headroom? What do you mean, Michael? Michael T. Brooks says headroom. You want me to put the camera up more? I'm not sure what you're asking. But yeah, um, merchandise. It's not just gonna say Lexi on it. It's gonna say affirmations, hashtag winner, hashtag keeper. Oh, the pinned comment how to record for the best mix. You know, I did not put headroom on there. I'm gonna add that to my notes. When you said headroom, I'm thinking like, do I need to lift up my camera for more room above my head? But no, you're talking about the mixing. <laughs> so yeah, with that being said, uh, that's it for the Lex check. Let's get into the Lex chat, Lex chat after these messages. Just like the, uh, if you're watching live, the pin says how to record for the best mix. And Michael Brooks actually just reminded me about the headroom. So let me add that because I did not even put that in. Um, that's more so something for the mix engineer to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, so I was mixing a record today and I, I put in a lot of hours with this artist, but this is one of those songs where it was like a new sound for him. And I was directing him differently on how to sing it because we had to go for a certain vibe. It's one of them slower records. Um, and you don't have to yell so much. You don't have to push out so much air with this particular song. Um, 
And I found myself getting kind of frustrated because I was trying to take out certain frequencies that I was hearing. And I just could not seem to find the frequencies that were irritating me. So I was getting very frustrated with myself and I had the thought like, dang, I wish I had recorded this song a little bit better. Maurice V says, hey, what's up, Maurice? Uh, so yeah, I was just thinking to myself, I wish I would have recorded this song a little bit better. And also um, I went to one of my clients house last night to help him set up his at home studio. And I basically told him like, you know, you, as long as you record it well, once it gets to the mixing and mastering stage, you'll be just fine. And so that's what the inspiration of today's Lex Chat is all about. Things that the artists can do to get the best recording so that you're not relying on the mix and master to make things sound good. So first thing I have on my list right here and my engineer friends, my artist friends, tap in, give your opinion, your advice on how to get a good recording before you get to the mix. Like, do not rely on the mixing. Uh, it's actually a pet peeve of mine when artists say, oh, it's cool, we can fix it in the mix. I'm like, no, you should want to do it right the first time. You should want everything to sound amazing before it gets to the mix. So then when the mix comes around, it sounds awesome. When the mastering comes around, it sounds phenomenal, you know? Do not rely on the mix to work miracles if you gave a bad performance a mix is never going to fix that. So there are, I'll say three stages to this thing. There are levels to this, three levels. First level is the recording. This is when you're actually in the studio, you've already written the song, you're recording the song, you're putting the song into Pro Tools, you're gonna turn it into an MP3. This is the recording process. Mixing is the next level after that. After you've recorded everything you wanted to record, you get it mixed which means you're getting all the levels balanced. You're making sure the voice sits in a nice pocket and a nice level mix-wise. Um, making sure all of the sounds that are on the track are in harmony or they're complementing and they're not clashing. That's what mixing is going to do. And then mastering is going to bring everything up to industry standard to be distributed. Um, it's gonna be brought up to the level that is expected of radio and TV and streaming and wherever else you are distributing your music to. So those are the three levels. Before you even think about the level three, which is mastering, before you even think about level two, which is mixing, you need to be thinking about level one, which is recording. Now, how can you record better? First thing I have in my notes, how you sing into the mic matters. And when I'm talking about in this, with this particular point, how you sing into the microphone matters. Um, I'm talking about distance. I'm talking about your actual vocal technique. So there are, every voice is different. And I'm gonna throw a vocabulary word at you, timbre, T-I-M-B-R-E, it's French. That basically means like the unique sound of your voice. It's going to depend how your voice sounds and you have to know how to manipulate your vocal cords. You have to know how to flex and restrict your vocal cords in your throat to get certain sounds out of your out of your mouth. While I was trying to record this record today, I was getting so frustrated because I'm like, man, I can hear that this artist is way too close to the microphone. 
which is a distance issue, right? So right now we're talking about like technical. So think of my hands, my hands are the microphone, right? If I am, and I probably need to turn around, excuse the leg action if you're watching. So, and no side boot, but anyway, so look at my, if my hands are the microphone, right? Right now it's sounding pretty clear because I'm a good distance away from the microphone. Now, if this is the microphone, I'll typically tell people that you need to have a hand width, your mouth needs to be a hand width away from the microphone. That's a pretty good distance because there's this thing called proximity effect. Proximity means closeness. When you are too close to the microphone, there's gonna be a buildup of low end frequencies. And that's what makes your, vocal, your vocals not sound as clear. That's what makes your vocals sound muddy if you're talking engineer talk. Muddy, not clear, too bassy. Those are all words people would describe for proximity effect. So if my hands are the microphone, I'm pretty, I'm a good distance away, so it sounds pretty clear. But the closer and closer and closer I get to the microphone, it doesn't sound as clear, it sounds muffled. But the further away I get from the microphone, not too far, because we do still need to pick up details in your voice. But if I'm way too close to the microphone, it has like a megaphone effect, an echoey effect. It's muddy, it's bassy, and that just doesn't sound good. So first thing I would say, you as the sound source, the microphone is picking up your sound, which is your voice. You need to stand a good distance away from the microphone. About four inches, or if you just hold your hand out, the microphone is right here, and you measure, like keep your thumb out right here, right? About there is how far you should be away from the microphone. You can also gauge that distance by using the pop filter as a guide for how close or how far you should be away from the microphone. But my general rule of thumb for people is about four inches or the width of your hand. Where your thumb points out at, that's where your, that's where your mouth can be, whether you flex in your fingers or not. But proximity effect is what we want to avoid because that's what gives that muddy, bassy sound. So keep that in mind when you are recording. That can be taken out in the mix, but like I said, this is all about recording it properly the first time and making sure that it sounds amazing before we even get to that mixing stage. Too many people rely on the mix and think that the engineer can create miracles in there. Like, no, you need to give the engineer something to work with. So record it properly and then send it off, okay? And when I was mentioning about vocal techniques, so it matters how you're singing into the microphone. Your distance matters and then it matters what kind of vocal technique you're using. So I'm trying to figure out how to explain this, but like there's this one client I have who for me, it's always very difficult for me to take out the right frequencies because of how he sings. So me right now, the where I'm sourcing my voice from, it's very much more so in my throat, kind of coming from the chest, but I, I can also bring it up to my head voice if I want it. So in general, it depends. There are three different registers, right? You got chest voice, you got mid voice, which is, you know, chest throat area. And then you got head voice, which is like falsettos, super high 
super high registers like soprano, falsetto, that kind of thing, right? And then you got the mid-range, like the alto tenor. And then think of the chest voice as being like bassy or more deep, more power. So depending on where you are singing from, can you see that they're pierced? That's crazy. They are pierced. Thank you for that. Uh, Back and Better 999 says, I loved pierced tits. Thank you so much. I didn't know y'all could see that, but yeah, they are pierced. I'm very happy about that control yourself anyway because this is a pg conversation and that has nothing to do with our conversation but like i said three registers chest middle head voice um people who are singing too much from the chest that's gonna cause muddiness your voice is not gonna be as clear so imagine if i was always talking like this from imagine if i was always talking like this right you can hear that I'm sourcing my voice from more down below. Now imagine that I'm talking from here and then I'm also really up close on the mic. So I have that proximity effect going on. It just doesn't sound good. You're creating more bassiness and it's not as clear. So that portion of it, you as an artist, you're going to have to work on your voice. You're gonna work, you're gonna have to work on your vocal techniques and learn how to brighten your voice on your own. Now, of course, everything I'm saying is subjective. It's always gonna depend on how you want your song to sound. So maybe you like that muddiness, maybe you like that sound, then that's up to you. But what I'm saying is every song you hear on the radio, they're going to have a clarity about them. And part of that clarity has to do with distance that you're standing from the mic and how you are delivering sound from your voice, from your body. If you are pushing from way down here, then of course it may not sound as, and people with deeper voices have to be careful with this as well. Um, but you have to practice floating between your different registers. If you're not able to do that, I would recommend taking vocal lessons or if you don't wanna pay for vocal lessons, Maybe find free music programs at community centers. Sometimes libraries have uh, free vocal lessons. Sometimes, uh, oh, definitely on YouTube if you cannot, if you don't want to pay for it or don't have the budget for it. YouTube is free. It's just going to cost you your time. Um, what happens with that is people like discipline. That's why people don't. Because you got to discipline. You got to put yourself on a schedule to practice and then to seek out the content and then to actually apply what you're learning. So, you know, that's hard for a lot of people. I get it. But um, think about Michael Jackson, right? Because I recently saw a clip of him speaking in his light voice. And people think that that's Michael Jackson's real voice, but his real voice is actually really deep. But publicly, you would never know that because of how he speaks. So even the way that you speak is going to contribute to working out your vocal cords. So when you do vocal lessons, it's not just about techniques for how you are singing, it's also techniques on how you are speaking because you're most likely speaking more throughout the day than you are singing. You have to learn how to speak properly to preserve your vocal cords. So the reason why, and I'm gonna change my voice right here. The reason why Michael Jackson is such a great example is because he would purposely soften up his voice to preserve his vocal cords. 
And the reason for that is because you're putting a lot of strain onto your vocal cords when you're always speaking heavy and bassy like this. But if you add a little bit more air into your voice, maybe even slow down how you're speaking and you allow your voice to move more into that head voice kind of realm, it's a lot higher, a lot softer. It takes less power and uh, less work for your voice to make noise. You don't have to push out as much air to get that sound. So that's another example. Uh, I've tried speaking like that. Maybe I'll do an experiment where I speak like that for a week and then see how I feel afterwards. Because if you notice that like you're, you get tired of talking or your voice just hurts all the time, your throat hurts all the time, maybe you're not speaking properly. That's very, that's a very real possibility. Maybe you are not speaking properly. So when I mentioned about the distance that you are standing from the microphone, um, you're going to have to practice knowing your distance from the microphone, depending on how you are performing and how much power you are giving the mic. So let's say you are singing really breathy, high tones. Um, maybe you wanna get up closer to the microphone because those are softer. But if you got a more powerful voice going into the mic, then you don't need to be so close. The microphone picks up every little detail. So, if you're singing really hard and really loud, maybe take some steps back. And this is especially true if you're doing live singing as well. Um, it's like controlling your own vocal uh, levels, right? Controlling your own clarity. If you're singing really loud, you're about to hit a really hard note, you're gonna pull back from the microphone. But if you're singing really softly and you might have some falsettos, or something really soft like this, then you get closer to the mic. You know what I'm saying? This finger is really bothering me. I'm so, I'm getting my nails done tomorrow. This finger, these are my real nails. I'm so upset. But yeah, so if you're singing really loud, pull the mic back. But if you get softer, come a little bit closer. That's the rule of thumb that I like to think about. So. Those are the technical things. And then there are things like plosives. That's another another vocabulary word. So we learned timbre. Timbre is what? The uniqueness of your voice. Plosives, plosives sounds close to explosives, right? These are sounds that are very harsh when you're speaking into the microphone. So plosives will be like a B sound or a P sound or a K sound, or SP sound sometimes. It's just really hard, harsh consonant sounds that you're speaking into the microphone. So the pop filter is a way that we avoid this. A pop filter is basically like a screen that goes just, it separates your mouth and your direct air from hitting the microphone. That's what a pop filter is. It'll be mesh or it'll be a wire screen, netting, something like that. And it's meant to lessen the impact of those plosives. So let's say uh, you're saying push and pee. Now the mic, the pop filter 
will help to absorb some of the harshness of that uh, of that pronunciation, I guess you would say. But you can also, I'm pushing P, you can learn how to manipulate your mouth and your vocal cords so that it sounds softer. But if you just being real hard, like I'm pushing P, that's way too hard. So you can either rely, the pop filter is going to help, but you as an artist should be aware of how you are pushing out sound. I'm pushing P, you know, I'm pushing P sounds a lot clearer than and a lot less harsh than I'm pushing P or back that ass up. I'm a back that ass up. I'm a back that if you, it depends the way that I'm using my mouth right now, I can either let my lips hit really hard together or I can roll them in a little bit and control how hard I'm pushing out sounds, how hard I'm pushing out sounds, how hard I'm pushing out sounds, how hard I'm pushing out sounds. You hear the difference? So I can control that softness, but that's again, another like vocal technique. You have to learn your voice. You have to learn yourself as an artist um, so you know how to get more clarity in the mic. Him, the fella asks, what's the best preset to record with? Uh, the best preset to record with, I would say that is subjective. The current mic, like the current vocal chain that I'm using right now. Um, I don't really use presets when it comes to like, uh, plugins or effects, if that's what you're asking. But we use, you come from the microphone, you go into a preamp. We have the Neve preamp. And on the Neve, Neve is known for just great sound in general. But uh, the preamp, it serves as a power source for the microphone. And also you can EQ the frequencies coming in from the microphone, um, which I guess I should mention too. On the microphone, a lot of microphones, you can set... Um, EQ on it for like low frequency. So there's a high pass filter. High pass means, uh, oh gosh, y'all are making me be a teacher. High pass, high frequencies are passing. So that's going to imply that low frequencies um, will not be able to get through. So some microphones let you choose what frequencies, like how much of a low end is being allowed to pass through the microphone. Most of them will cut up to like 50 or 80, maybe even 100 hertz. So 100 hertz and anything below that might be cut out. If I'm recording to the mic, I wouldn't go that deep with it. I would do maybe 50, 50 hertz. Um, if you can get like 60 and below, then I think that's okay to cut out because that's where a lot of bass frequencies are living. Your voice doesn't need to be there. Um, low end frequencies, like 500 and below, they're going to give a lot of bass. Um, so if you want a little bit more clarity, play around with cutting out frequencies from 500 Hertz and below to get a little bit more clarity. But as far as like preset, that's really going to depend. And gray key says very subjective. Everyone's voice is different. Sometimes you got to sweep it. And that means like EQ frequency sweep. Um, but yeah, so typically from the microphone, you can set a high pass filter of 50. Um, so nothing that's 50 or below will, will get through. Um, so that's one way to like manipulate the sound. And then depending on the preamp and EQ from the preamp, like I said, at Rich Productions, it goes from the microphone into the preamp. 
preamp is a neve. I'll typically cut out 80 hertz. So I'll do another high pass filter, but it'll be 80 and below that does not make it through. So anything that's 80 and above, those high frequencies are passing through. Um, and then I'll typically for my voice, I will cut, I can actually go up to like 125, 130, depending on what I'm singing and how I'm singing. So I'll cut out on like a soft curve. I'll cut out up to 125, sometimes 130. Um, and then I'll take out like around like two or 3000 Hertz. That's supposed to be like the presence range, which is where the voice has like most, a lot of clarity. But for me, there's a certain harshness around that, those frequency ranges that I don't like hearing in my voice. So I'll actually cut that a little bit and then I'll lift up my high end frequencies. So like 7,000, I'll boost it maybe one to two decibels to get um, like a higher, how do I say? I'll boost it one to two decibels to get a little more clarity. Cause when you, when you increase the high end frequencies, it's giving a certain clarity to it, but you have to be careful about lifting them up too much because S sounds that's and some spit sounds, they live around nine or 10,000 uh, Hertz. So nine or 10 K on the EQ range. So you gotta be careful with that. So it's really gonna depend what your voice is like. I think for you, for him, the fella, your voice is pretty light. So maybe like cutting, uh, you could do like a soft cut from like a hundred Hertz. And typically I will lower people's voice between two and 300 with like a soft uh, band pass. These are, these are all vocabulary terms, y'all. Please uh, look them up or I can go into them in detail in, a, in another video. This is really good practice for me though because I like to educate people on these things so I need to be able to explain them. But uh, yeah, I'll usually do a really soft high pass filter. It looks like this, right? Um, up to 100 and then I'll do like a little band pass dip around two, 300. And then I'll dip again around two, 3000. And then I'll lift up around six or 7,000. Ma'am, this is my pen. Don't take my pen. She has a thing for pens for some reason. So yeah, um, and then I will put into a compressor and um, we have a CL1B tube tech compressor at Rich Productions right now. Um, and I really like, it gives such a clarity. And I'm trying to think of all the settings, but I'll typically have the attack and the release set low so that the release and the attack will be really quick. Um, look at you, can't even hold on to the pin. And then let's see, the threshold, I'll typically make it for like negative 10, between negative 10 and negative 20. And then I'll make the ratio like three to one to five to one. Um, and then I'll do like a, a gain of like plus 10 
switch it to manual, make sure it's turned on. So those are like, that's the typical settings that I use for my voice because I found that that sounds good for my voice. Um, let's see. Great keys, dropping gems, 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 gems. Maurice Beats says exactly. Great Key says these are major gems. Back and better is back and being nasty with the tongue emojis. <laughs> Shway Hill says don't lose no weight. Don't lose no weight. Just tone up. Not sure where that's coming from, but thank you. Um, him the fella says, you ever do classes for people? I used to actually, oh my God, she's so cute. Look at this kitty cat, can y'all see her? No, of course not, because the light is in the way. Look at her, she's so cute. But anyway, so I actually used to volunteer at a library. I wish I remembered the name of it, but I don't remember the name. It's maybe like 10 minutes from Rich Productions. We used to partner up with them and do monthly classes like the third Thursday or something of the month. And uh, we would actually go through and talk about stuff like this. So yeah, I haven't done it in a while. Most people are into the legal aspect of the music and they're not, they weren't as into the technical things of recording. And the library actually did have a studio, but they weren't as equipped as us. Um, I'll probably do like a group class. Is that something you'd be interested in? Um, and I do private lessons. So come in and book studio time and we'll, I'll teach you things about engineering and recording. I would have to really think about a lesson plan, but yeah, I have done private lessons before and I have taught classes before to answer your question. So yeah. Um, that was a quick little crash course on some of the frequencies to look out for when you're recording and how you might set up your settings to get the best clear sound from your voice. So it's going to depend on how you're singing into the mic, whether that's vocal technique or your physical distance close and away from the microphone, and then certain effects that you are putting on the mic. The effects part is going to be more so for the engineer to worry about. Not so much you as the artist, but it is important that you as the artist understand certain things and understand the lingo. So it's really important, and this is like besides the point of the Lex chat, but it's really important that you find a good engineer. Um, if you don't have the luxury of keeping one consistent engineer, then you need to learn, and your engineer, if you decide to stay with one, it's like a barber, it's like a hairstylist when it comes to black people. Once we find one, we don't like to switch up. That's how people treat the engineers as well. So, but yeah. Um, if you are the kind of person who's kind of like bouncing between engineers or having to work with a bunch of different engineers, it is really good for you to know the lingo and to know what you're talking about so you can communicate what you want, how you like to sound to the engineers. Because I've gone to school for this, I've been in some situations where the engineer I'm working with does not know what the hell they're doing and it pisses me off. Also, because I've gone to school, I'm harder on engineers because I hate when people don't work like me. 
I hate having an engineer who doesn't listen to what I'm saying. Our whole job is listening. Why am I telling you something and you're not doing it? It's one thing if you don't know how to do it, but why am I telling you what I want you to do and you're not doing it? You will never be my engineer again. That's why I prefer to engineer myself a lot of times. Engineers move too slow or they don't listen. And literally our whole job is about listening. Or maybe they are listening, but they execute slow. One and the same. Anyway, that was a little mini rant. But um, going back to this. So another thing that artists can do while we are recording is to take one ear off. So when you're in the, in the studio, you're recording, you have your headphones on, take one ear off so you can hear your real live voice in real time. So in one ear, you'll hear how it sounds processed. In the other ear, you're going to hear how it sounds with you actually singing in the booth. Um, and this is coupled with my next point too. Consider recording without auto-tune if you're a singer. Because what happens is people get so dependent on the effects when they are singing that it's actually making your voice lazy and you're not able to notice little nuances in your voice. So for me, what I notice when I'm not recording with auto-tune, my voice tends to be very flat on certain notes. So for me to compensate, I try to make sure I sing certain notes or the ends of phrases I try to make sure that I'm not singing flat or I'll sing a little sharp towards the ends of my words because I tend to fall off at the ends of my phrases. That's something I wouldn't have known if I kept recording with auto-tune on. So I would recommend that don't get lazy. Don't let yourself get lazy. You can have, you can hear both or you should learn how to hear both. I don't like when artists don't like to hear themselves in the studio just because the current studios that I work out of, there's no way for me to cut their voice out of their headphones, but for me to still be able to hear them. I respect that they don't want to hear themselves in their headphones though. And the reason why is because yeah, you don't want to get lazy about recording. Um, so like I said, keep one ear off when you're recording so you can hear your real live voice in real time. When you rely too much on what it sounds like after it's being processed, you're not giving the best performance and you are not, you're, you're relying on effects to do the work for you. When yes, we're in the studio and you can mess up and do things as many times over as you want to, but you always want to be keeping your voice in tip top shape and, and you want, you always want to have good practices basically. So you want to practice singing well whether you're in the studio or live on stage. If you're not singing well in the studio, you're not practicing to sing well on stage. So that's a general rule of thumb that I would caution everyone to think about when it comes to that, okay? Okay. Next thing, right? When you have headphones on, when you take one ear off, it's no longer cupped against your ear. So that sound is now escaping out of the other ear. So when you are recording, make sure that your headphones are turned down to a decent level. You still want to be able to hear the beat so you'll stay on beat and stay in time, but turn the headphones down because if the sound bleeds in through the headphones, 
from your headphones bleeding into the microphone, there could be a lot of unwanted frequencies being picked up by the mic as a result of your headphones being way too loud. So that's another tip for, excuse me, that's another tip for artists recording in the studio. You want to make sure that you are not letting things bleed into your microphone. The only frequencies that should be entering your microphone are the frequencies that you're producing from your voice. So turn those, Ooh. sorry. So turn those headphones down enough to where you can hear yourself, but not enough to where you can't hear the beat, right? Another point that I want to bring up Um, speaking of bleed, right? This is something for the engineer to keep in mind, but you as the artist, you can keep in mind as well. Make sure that whoever's engineering, they either turn the speakers or the monitors down or off and turn the subwoofer off while you're recording. The reason being is because we want as clean of a signal as possible. If the subwoofer is on, scientifically, sub wavelengths, they're longer, they travel further, they get into more spaces than other wavelengths. Um, base waves travel a lot easier than other frequencies of waves. That base is going to travel and make your recording muddy if it bleeds into the microphone. So turn that off so you don't have to cut all that out in the mixing process. And so it'll sound cleaner and clearer when you are recording in the studio. Um, another thing, make sure the engineer is not playing everything out loud or too loudly while you're recording in the microphone because that additional feedback from the sound coming from the speakers, that could also bleed into your microphone and cause unwanted frequencies to be picked up and then it's harder to pick those things out in a mix and it's harder to give your voice a clean, clear sound in the mix. Like the person who's mixing has to work way, way harder to make your voice sound clean and clear. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If your engineer has the speakers turned up too loud or the subwoofer is on, those unwanted frequencies can bleed into your microphone. And we don't want that. That's a no-no. No, 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 no. That's a no-no. All right. So actually, I have a few more points to make, but I'm going to save those points for the Patreon and those who are tuning in live. So if you are listening to this on YouTube or you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you want to hear the rest of these tips on how to record better so that your song will sound awesome after it's mixed and after it's mastered, then you'll have to become a patron of mine by going to patreon.com slash LexiATL. Patreon.com slash LexiATL. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron and get access to the full uncut episodes of these Lex Chats. And you'll get early access to the vlogs and early access to other studio tutorial videos that I post on YouTube. So the general public might not see or hear these things until weeks, sometimes months after they've actually been uploaded. But as a patron, you get access to all those things as soon as I upload, as well as early access to things like merchandise that I am dropping, like the Lexi posters. If you are, if you're listening to this, you're not seeing them, but if you're watching, then newsflash, posters are in 
hats and wristbands are on the way. I'm very excited about that. So patrons have known about these pictures for three or four months now. General public, y'all just found out about these pictures like three, four days ago. So um, yes, Maurice Beat said, I need one for sure. Everyone go support Lexi Patreon. Um, yes, I do have your address. So I will have to send you the pictures and you let me know which one you want and I'll send, I'll send them to you. Same thing with the wristbands when I get those in. <laughs> Maurice, that's my guy. So you ain't got to worry about nothing, my boy. But if you're not a patron, a great supporter of mine, I would love your support. I love when y'all view in and tap into the conversations. If you would like to support me even further, then the next step to do that would be patreon.com. Patreon.com slash LexiATL for as little as, as little as $5 a month, or you can choose to pledge more if you would like to. That's just an added layer of support so I can continue to push out educational content for this, like this, for y'all. Um, but if you are on YouTube, make sure you give me a big thumbs up, like the video, hit the subscribe button, and hit the notification bell so you'll be notified each and every time I post new content. Before we go, announcements. Uh, for those who are viewing live, I will be walking in the fashion show in Atlanta, Passport to Luxury, on this Saturday, April 30th. That is at 3 to 5 p.m. in Atlanta, Georgia. Information is at the link in my bio or go to my website at www.lexiatl.com. Um, other shows coming up. I have a show in Savannah, Georgia, May 7th. That's on a Saturday in a couple weeks in Savannah, Georgia, May 7th. And another show in Atlanta, Georgia, May 19th. May 19th is at Believe Music Hall. That is on a Thursday in Atlanta, Georgia. For information and tickets for these shows, go to the link in my bio if you're on Instagram or, or Twitter. I think I put it on TikTok as well. Or go to my website, LexiATL.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Lex Chat this week. Let's chat next week. Until then... Peace.